Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath School Gems, where each week we showcase key concepts from this week's Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School lesson. This is lesson one for the first quarter for Sabbath, January 1, 2022, and it's titled, The Letters to the Hebrews and to Us, and it's from the quarterly, In These Last Days, The Message of Hebrews. This can also be referred to as Hebrews chapter 1, because we're going to be going through Hebrews chapter 1. If you haven't listened to the intro for this quarter, it describes the format and why I'm approaching it this way. So for the first part, for we'll call it part A, we're going to just do a brief recap of what the lesson study author is trying to get at for each of the days this week. He starts out with the memory text is Hebrews 10, 36. And it says, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And he starts out in Sabbath lesson by saying that the book of Hebrews is really like a sermon. And in Sunday, he says that the audience, he's just setting the stage, in other words, for Hebrews and, and who the audience is, who the speaker is. So the speaker is giving a sermon. And then Sunday's lesson, it says the audience has heard the gospel, not firsthand from Jesus, but they have been aware of the signs and wonders and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So they do have, they're very close to the scene, but they might have not have heard the gospel firsthand from Jesus. He, Monday's lesson, it says that the readers were suffering some type of opposition, and in some cases imprisonment, so it wasn't all just pleasant, um, and they did have some members that were struggling. And Tuesday's lesson, it says that they were growing weary over time, and it uses Elijah as an example, when Elijah's discouragement. And Wednesday's lesson, it says that we are, the the author is telling the Hebrews, the audience of the Hebrews, to take care of other believers, to, to attend to their physical needs, to exercise hospitality, generosity, encourage one another, and to assemble together. And in Thursdays, it emphasizes the fact that this is a message that's given for people living in the last days. What does that mean? The last days, like the generation that was ready to enter the promised land. And then Friday's lesson ends with a quote by Ellen White that says, for the disheartened, there is a sure remedy, which is faith, prayer, and work. And she quotes from um, Paul from 2 Corinthians, when it says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the whole tone of this lesson for this week is that the speaker in Hebrews is really trying to reach out to this group of believers and give them encouragement and give them reasons for encouragement. So now let's start with part B, which is Hebrews 1. We're going to read all the way through it but I'm going to be stopping along the way. And, you know, what I had said about Hebrews is it's a little difficult to understand because it's quoting a lot of the Old Testament. And we'll see in Hebrews 1, especially, if you have a New King James Version that has capital letters for all the quotes, or you have a Bible version that has italics for all the reference quotes, you'll see that most of Hebrews 1 is just quoting scripture. It's just quoting other texts. In fact, in one case we'll see, it looks like it's even quoting parts of the New Testament. So let's go into Hebrews 1, and I'm going to just start reading 
Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, because it's one really long sentence. So just bear with me. This is Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Okay, so let's go through this. So um, first, when he starts out with the God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, that to me sounds like Luke. It's not one of the texts that's referenced in the Bible, but let me just read Luke one seventy. It says, And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. And so this Hebrews 1 and 2 sound kind of like that. The introduction is already pointing to the prophets and speaking to the past, to the fathers of the past. So this is already putting this whole context of Jesus in a very favorable light because it's already referencing the prophets. And it mentions in these last days. So it's also, this is where they get the idea that he's speaking to people as if they are entering the promised land, that, that this is a new era. And in fact, when it says, through whom also he made the worlds, that is, I think, can be really misinterpreted. It doesn't mean that he's, he made all the worlds through Jesus. That, that word world is not cosmos. It's not even the other wor- word that's u- usually used, that's okumene. But that word world is eons. So the Luke text actually sounds pretty good, which have been since the world began. What he's doing is setting the stage for through whom also he made the world. He's setting the stage that that through Jesus, he not only brings in this new age, this new era, so to speak, but also points back in time to the prophets and to the priesthood that were established many years before. Because now when it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, that brightness of his glory is like a flash from the beam. It's, it's like not just brightness, but it's brightness of his glory. It's like the outreaching flame. It's like a, a flame coming from the other flame. And Jesus will see is like this. And the express image of his person, that's, he is the essence of God. He's reflecting that character. He's a reflection of God and the image of God. And then it says, by his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now there again, it doesn't have a reference to that text in my Bible anyway, but that sounds a lot like Mark. 619 when it says so then after the lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of god so we do have this idea of jesus being received up in heaven and sitting on the right hand of god 
And then what about when it says, and he had purged himself of our sins. So that is a reference to Jesus and the atonement and the atonement offering that was made. So we'll also see that role of, of Jesus is introduced here. And that's, that's the most, that's the biggest role. That's the most critical role that Hebrews is going to put is Jesus as that high priest. And then it says, having become so much better than the angels, and he, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So what does it mean? He's become better than the angels, and he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. This is also showing his relationship in this cosmic order. So his he's better than the angels, and we'll see later kind of what that means. But he's also obtained by inheritance a more excellent name. So what does it mean by inheritance? Well, that is he it's by design. It's inherited. It's not necessarily what he's done, but this was already sort of foreplanned. He is by his inheritance higher or has a different role. And we'll see what type of role, but it's a different role. And in this case, they're saying a more excellent name. So they're saying it's a, it's a more excellent role than the role that the, the angels have. Now, is, are the angels have a high role? Yes, they have a high role. But his role is different, and it's in some ways superior to that. So now let's go on to Hebrews 1, verse 5. Most of this you'll see are just direct quotes from the Old Testament. So Hebrews 1, 5, it says, For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. So let me read that quote. You are my son, today I have begotten you. Well, that comes straight from Psalms 2.7, where it says, You are my son, today I have begotten you. It's a direct quote straight out of Psalm. So what is Psalms talking about? Well, let's read it. Psalms 2, 6 through 12. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. This is a king that's going to be ruling from Zion. And it says, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Now, this is talking about a king that's a king over all the earth. All the nations are his inheritance and the ends of the earth for the possession. So, of course, in Psalms, we think of the reign of David. And Jesus is directly from that reign. It says he will not lack a man on the throne. And this is Jesus is filling this role. So when he says, you are my son today, I have begotten you. That's a royal inheritance that's inheriting all these nations of the earth. And then it says, and again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. That comes from 2 Samuel seven fourteen. I will be his father and he shall be my son. <laughs> if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. 
Again, he's talking about David, King David. So you can see this, this person who wrote Hebrews really had a good grasp of the Old Testament just to be able to pull up these quotes. But he's really pointing to this reigning of kingdom and kingship and Jesus as a king and subjected to his father, acting as an extension of the father. So now we go on to Hebrews 1.6. Again, this is just quoting the Old Testament. It says, But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. That quote right there, Let all the angels of God worship him, comes from Psalms 97.7. It says, Let all be put to shame who serve carved images, who boast of idols. Worship him, all you gods. And that word gods is Elohim which is sometimes also used for angels and heavenly beings. So when it's saying, let all the angels of God worship him, yes, it is saying he is rising above all these other angelic heavenly beings. He is above those. I think what's more important to emphasize than the angels of God worshiping him is that part when it says, and again, he brings the firstborn into the world. That role of firstborn is also another role It's a very critical role. You know, the Passover lamb was to redeem the firstborn, right? When they came out of Egypt and they were to put the the blood on the doorposts and they were to slay the Passover lamb. That was to cover for all the firstborn because as you recall, the firstborn males all belong to the Lord. This Passover lamb was to redeem the firstborn. So in essence, Christ is this Passover lamb. He is the first of the first fruits. So he's the first of all the firstborn. And then Hebrews 1 7, it says, And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? Now, this is a little different shift here because now he's talking about the angels being his ministers on a flame of fire. So it's kind of, so it's saying Jesus has this role, this role of the first fruits this role of kingship and rulership. And also he's higher than these angels, but the angels are high. And this quote comes directly from Psalms. Psalms, I'll read the Hebrew says, who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Psalms 104.4 says, who makes his angel spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. So it's a direct quote from Psalm 104. Psalm 104 saying, Let's read that starting from verse one. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty who cover yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angel spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. And this is a really lovely song. I, I love the psalm. It's, it's a, it's, I call it the nature psalm because it just goes through how God is just so great and, and he's just over all the earth. But this quote here is saying, he makes his angel spirits, his ministers a flame of fire, is really showing his greatness and his angels are great as well. Then let's read Hebrews 1, 8 through 9. These also are direct quotes. 
But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. He's quoting from Psalm 45, 6 and 7. It says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. He is just quoting from Psalms 45, 6 and 7. So what does that mean? Your throne is forever and after. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. He's talking about a kingdom. He's talking about a throne. He's talking about an earth, a king that's going to be over all the earth. That's loves righteousness, hates lawlessness, and is anointed by God. So that is the picture that we're getting of Jesus and his role, his role as a leader, as a ruler. And then Hebrews 1, 10 through 12, it is just quoting again through Psalm 102 through 25 to 27. I mean, exactly. Let me just read you Hebrews and then I'll read you Psalm. You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will also grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up and they will be changed, but you are the same and your years will not fail. And now Psalms 102, 25. Of old, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them and they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will have no end. And then just reading the last, the next verse of Psalm, it says, the children of your servants will continue and their descendants will be established before you. So in Hebrews, it, it's talking about a priesthood that's going to remain forever. And then Hebrews 1.13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool? This is Psalm 110, verse 1. It says, Psalm of David, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And then just reading on in Psalms, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn, and you will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. Hebrews will quote that. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So it's coming from the same psalm. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He is talking again about a kingdom, a kingdom at the end of time, a kingdom that's ruling out of Zion. That's the beauty of holiness, a future where he's going to judge among the nations. And we know this is not just talking about David's kingdom. And then Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? What is he talking about? Are they not all? Are they not all? Is he talking about the prophets? Is he talking about the angels? 
it really doesn't matter. They're all ministering spirits. They're all sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So he's lumping Jesus in with this. So even though he's saying he's higher than the angels, now he's saying, but they're all ministering spirits. They're sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. So Christ has that role, but how much higher and greater is he that he is going to be this king? He is going to be this ruler that sits on the throne. So we see a few things. I mean, first of all, Hebrews is just quoting. It's quoting from Psalms. It's quoting from Second Samuel. It's quoting more from Psalms 104, Psalms 45, Psalms 102, Psalms 110. And those were all Psalms of David and his kingdom and this kingdom at the end of time. So we're really seeing this first chapter of Hebrews really setting the stage for this king that is higher, that has a higher role than even the angels who in themselves, the angels and the prophets have a role. But this one is different. This is going to sit at the right hand of God and rule over all the nations of the earth at the end of time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sabbath School Gems. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, and spread the word to others. Comments and questions can be sent to us at sabbathschoolgems at gmail.com. Bye for now.